Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, the Star Trek podcast. My name is Caitlin and joining me today are... Jake. Chris. James. Carl. Carl is back. Hello, Carl. Hey, thanks everybody. Coming to us from the snow-swept Midwest. Yes, live from Minneapolis. Uh, Minneapolis. Oh, snap. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, the Midwest is always under three feet of snow minimum, regardless of time of year. That's that's very true. The amount of snow so much as like the fact that it gets to be like negative thirty degrees and like people have to leave their cars running and shit. Mm-hmm. We're we're one of those places where when people die in January, you have to wait till April to uh, bury them. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. Well, you you haven't quite picked up the local accent. Yet. Oh, it, you know, it. Uh, I used to have it, and then it got sort of pushed out of me by oh. my other states. And uh, now I'm I'm curious when it will reemerge. What you should do is wait. instead of developing that accent again, you should try to sound like Lenny and Squiggy. Mm. Uh, from uh, Laverne and Curly, <laughs> despite the fact that they were also from Minneapolis, yeah, they right. just kind of sounded like this. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's not really the accent I associate. But all right, was that, yeah. uh, was that a Renee Aubergenois uh, impression? That's what he sounds like in real life. Fuck. Hey, everybody. <laughs> that's Renee Aubergenois. Oh, that was a weird moment. <laughs> he just sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Rump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, may you rest in peace. I'm sorry, Renee. All right, All right. enough about that. We're here today. It's episode 179. Woo! We're, we're here to talk about two Star Trek Deep Space Nine episodes. We're going to talk about Shakar and Facets. In Shakar, the Bajoran first minister has died. It's heart failure. I still think Kai Wynn did it. And the reason why I think <laughs> Kai Wynn did it is because she immediately steps in and is like, I'm the first minister. And not only is she the first minister, she decides to go full fascist immediately. She brings Kira into her office uh, and she my childs and all that shit. <laughs> and as she does, and she's like, my child. Uh, I need you to go visit your old spy terrorist buddy, Shakar, because we gave them some reclamators, which I guess, like, make soil less toxic. And yep. as similar, you know, it's interesting. The government is more concerned with their economy than the well-being of their own people, which is wild. That would wild. never happen. That seems really far-fetched. But she wants to get those reclamators back because she wants to, like grow, I don't know, the Bajoran equivalent of saffron or some shit and start making that money. So, you know, can you kindly go ask Shakar to give us back our shit? And Kira's like, sure, I'll ask. Sounds great. So she goes and they're old buddies and it's great. And she's like, how's about you give us back those reclamators? And he's like, well, and then their friends show up, Pharrell and Lupatza. (laughs) Is that right? I don't even know. It's like I didn't see this episode. Uh, and I don't know which is which. Is Lupaza the woman? Uh, I believe it's I, Lupaza. And, Lupaza. Uh, yes. So Lupaza's like, tell that bitch fuck no, we're not giving them their reclamators back. Right, Shakar? Yeah, Kira, you fucking tell her. Tell her it's not happening. And Kira's like, ha ha. So, <laughs> so Kira's like, all right, what about if we all just sit down and talk? 
And Shakar's like, I mean, all right. So she goes back to talk to Kaiwin, and she's like, well, I didn't get them back, but I've arranged a meeting. And Kaiwin's like, great, I'll meet him. That sounds great. Go tell him that. And so she does. But surprise, uh, some Bajoran cops show up, and they want to arrest Shakar. But instead, Shakar and Kira beat the shit out of them, and now all of them are on the lam. And fucking Kaiwin is, like, calling together troops from all over fucking Bajor to hunt them down for these fucking stupid reclamators. She's, I mean, really, like, gonna lead to civil war with all this bullshit. And so then she's like, um, hey, Cisco, could you, could you, have you talked to Kira? Do you know what's going on with Kira? Could you maybe, uh, she's like, you know, I want to withdraw my military, but I want to send yours in. Do you think you could just send some, could you do my dirty work for me? Because this doesn't look great for me. Yeah, to be... and drag the Federation into this, because that's a thing. <laughs> and Cisco's like, LOL, no bitch, I don't get involved in Bajoran fucking planetary government bullshit. I it's think... kind of prime directive, Well, right? I, think, I was going to say, this is like the first time someone has called upon the prime directive for a not shitty reason yeah. in a while. Well, and I was just like, as I was watching, I'm like, I was like, Cisco's not going to help you. Don't call Cisco. And then Cisco's like, yes, yeah, Cisco's not going to help you. Don't yeah, call me. Instead, go get Kira killed. So he's like, F no, you're on your own. And uh, Kaiwin's like, well, then maybe Bajor doesn't want to be friends with the Federation anymore. And Cisco's like, whatever, bitch. Maybe we'll attract our application for Federation membership. That's still a thing. Cut to Idiots. The, cut to that Idiots. gif of Wonka saying, no, stop, don't. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> total bummer. Oh, and there's more. There's a great B plot. We'll get there. Um, but so, <laughs> back, back on. <laughs> I love you, Caitlin. Thank you. So back to our friends on Bajor. They're surrounded or maybe the other guys are surrounded. I don't really understand military tactics. They end up surrounding the the Yeah, they set up an ambush. An ambush, that's what I thought. So Shakar and Kira go down and they're like, listen, I didn't fight all those Cardassians to start shooting Bajorans. And the other guy who's like some kind of war hero dude was like, hey, yeah, me too. Fuck this shit. So they like storm Kai Wynn's office and Kira's like, this is how it's going to go. My man Shakar here, he's going to run for first minister. He's going to whoop your ass and you are never going to fucking pull this again. And Kaiwin is all, my child. I don't think she actually said that. I don't think she got to respond. But goodbye, bitch. So the B- so that's basically what happened in the A plot. And then the B plot and my first note in my notebook, darts. O'Brien, uh, <laughs> guys, is in the zone. Odds are... 15 to 1 or 10 to 1, a lot to 1 on uh, O'Brien. He's just beating bitches at darts left and right. And he can't be beaten. Nope. He can't. And, you know, he's like, at one point, Except he's kind of like, Quark, I'm not going to play darts tomorrow. I'm going to go kayaking. And Quark's like, whoops, I lost that kayaking program. Darn. <laughs> because every time you go kayaking, you break something. Yeah, he basically didn't <laughs> want him to dislocate his shoulder. And guess what happens? During his final, as it turns out, match while he's in the zone, Quark shows up to hand him off a Bev, and O'Brien reaches out and dislocates his shoulder? Like, I thought I was fucking...
fucking old because I like threw my back once while sneezing. This Clearly motherfucker popped a fucking arm out while grabbing a beverage? Well, it was also like it turns out his rotator cuff was already fucked up and this was just the straw that broke the camel's back. And So here's the part that hurt me personally, though was that it wasn't a scam. Right, because, yeah. was too. Because he's like, you know, Quark's like, it's going to be 10 to 1 tomorrow. And O'Brien's like, oh, I'd make it 15 to 1 if I were you. And then he fucks up his shit. I thought for sure that he and Julian were like, <laughs> Yeah, fucking oh, the, Because Julian just happens to be there to be like, oh no, his arm, it's a very serious, he's going to need a very serious surgery. None of that seemed real. So the fact that they didn't just then also collect a gigantic payday was so offensive. I was yeah, like, how dare you? It was also acted terribly. It's, oh, yeah. I've moved slightly <laughs> oh, and no, injured my myself profusely. <laughs> like everything about that. Because we see, we know that Cole Meany can act like he's in pain realistically. Because this Psychologically. show constantly beats the shit out of the chief. And we so love it, it all felt so heightened. Julian felt like it feels like that was originally what oh, it was supposed no. to be. But he someone... needs a surgery, right? a very serious <laughs> surgery. Like, everything about it. Like, I, I swear if you asked him, they'd be like, oh, yeah, they made us rewrite the ending at the last minute because someone so, objected or so dumb. Listen. And the line is like, uh, I, I, I can do this. I just need I just need oh. I just need surgery. <laughs> <laughs> like, Bozo the Clown presents O'Brien. Like, I'll admit, I've... I'll call now. I, I, I've had, you know, a, a fucked up back since I was 17. I once severely threw my back out in my mid-twenties taking a plate out of a dishwasher. So I get it. Oh, I thought you were going to tell Chris the story in New York. Chris oh. no longer washes his dishes. I forgot Chris about that. Chris threw his back out so hard just walking in New York. He was in so much pain. Literally, <laughs> laugh, he threw up horrible. on the subway. Literally. And I... Well, say this, this wonderful woman just assumed, you know, as you would, it's night on the subway between New York and New Jersey. She assumed I was drunk. Oh. And handed someone, like, say, here, give him this water. It's sealed. I haven't touched it. You know, I'm just there like, thank you. I'm not, I'm not drunk. But I, I couldn't speak. It, so, I, I mean, like, yes. You don't mention my noble sacrifice of yes. my pillowcase. Yeah. I, like, whipped my pillow out of its case, shoved it at our host, and, like, threw it under his face right before he ralphed on the subway. Ah. Oh, but we yeah. threw it away. There was no washing that out. That's over. But yeah, so, I mean, Goodbye. I will admit, you can sometimes have a severe reaction to a tiny, tiny motion. But, again, like, I, like we were saying, like, the way it was acted between both him and Julian, it's like... Yeah. I mean, even in terms of plot, like, who the fuck's idea was it to have this B-plot in the first place? Because it's, it's so nothing. It's yeah. such a nothing plot. It's just such a waste time. of fucking time. And here's my thing, because I know we're also going to be talking about facets after this, where we have a B-plot that's better, that probably should have just been in this episode, and then in facets, we could have struck the B-plot and just concentrated on the actual plot that was happening that was rushed as fuck, but we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. Mm. But, um, I, I would have just skipped facets full stop, frankly. We'll get right. to it. I know. But yeah. But they, yeah. Uh... What the fuck darts? What Did you really, really just need something for Miles and Quark to do? Yeah, in their writer. What I, mean... I like about that scene is, um, you know, Deep Space Nine is the only Trek show that sort of cares what people do while they're recreating. 
uh, at least. You know, when O'Brien uh, says, like, I'm in the zone, and Cisco is like, oh, he's in the zone. Like, it's so strange. It's like it's like he's a teenager, and uh, he's brought home some new slang, and everyone's <laughs> making fun of him for saying in the zone. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I guess it is a very nice counterpoint, because, like, yeah, with, like, with TNG, you know, usually if someone was trying to engage in recreation, either it was a holodeck program, which then went horribly wrong and was the episode, or they would get interrupted by something, or it was one of its or, many, 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 many concerts. Or it was just a way to, to, to lay in exposition by having, say, the ladies doing calisthenics Ugh. together in their bathing suits <laughs> yeah. so, so that they can be talking about something together. Yeah, but you're right. This is one where she's kind of like, not only is it just they're just it's recreation, it's also something very normal. Yeah. You know, it, it's not a symposia. Or at or least a, mundane. Yeah. Or a classical performance or a Shakespeare via Android. It's very and it's, normal. And it's, it's doubly weird because the A-plot is so consequential. Yeah. I mean, this is really one of my favorite A-plots, I think, on Deep Space. Well, what's... Yeah, but the B-plot dragged it way the fuck down yeah. for me. Yeah. What yeah. is great about the A-plot, and I'm sure there'll be hell to pay because of it, but it was so nice to watch Kai win lose. Yeah. She's been losing an awful lot. Like, I feel like... More like I'm Kai a little, lose. I'm getting yeah. a little bit tired of the, of the Kai win episodes because every single time she's just there to be evil... And it's like, dude, she can be a more three-dimensional character. She can't just be here. Like, the second they're like, oh, she's the first minister now because we felt like increasing the stakes. I don't know. I felt like it was a little too obvious or something. I I disagree a little bit because I I don't think that she's... Yes, she is just evil and she's always evil. But I do think, you know, and this might be just Louise Thrust... Louise Fletcher's performance but you know I I think she does bring some depth to that character Uh, I want shades of evil not just evil but I think there are shades like I think you know another example is um life support you know where she showed up and yeah in the end her motives were self-serving but you know it wasn't like she was just being evil in that episode and in this episode you know, she was just, you know, she was doing MAGA shit, you know, the same shit she always does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we could all see her tear gassing a group of protesters to hold a Bible in front of the church. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> she nuts. literally blew up a school. So, yeah, I yeah. would say. Yeah. And what I, what I love, I guess what I find nuanced of it is I'm not particularly sure how self-aware she is about how deluded she is. Because, mm. like, when, when she's in that meeting with Cisco and, like, he's like, you're overreacting. She immediately goes, this is a test, a test for me of my ability to lead given to me by the prophets. It's like, oh, shit. And uh, it sort of reminds like sometimes when you deal with politicians, you realize like their entire world is in their head. It's like, where do you plug into that as a regular citizen? I remember at first I was thinking like, why wouldn't there be a law against your fucking space pope also being your First executive, yeah. but then I that's, remembered we're on Bajor. Oh, that's yep. true. Yeah, I was there's say, no yeah, separation of church and state. I said the same thing power. when I was watching it. I was like, wow, they didn't have separation of church and state to begin with, but now they really fucking do not. Yeah, like, it's just, I, Bajor is just, it, I mean, it just, it is such a backwater because... <laughs> 
any any civilized nation would have a very strict separation of church and state. Yeah, I also think there was, um, you know, uh, her because her her other her plan. I feel like her plan went exactly as she thought it was going to go up until the point that the the military flipped. Yeah, um, because the incident, you know, the thing with Cisco. I w- the first thing I thought in this episode because she brings up when she's first talking to Kira about how oh you know this will help our our admission to the Federation. I'm like wait a minute, but but you don't want to you hate the Federation, Kai. You, that's you are the last person that would want that. I think you're just manipulating Kira into helping you. And then when Cisco shows up, she's like it's like this could re- if you don't help me, this could jeopardize our membership application. And I'm just just thinking wait a minute, this is a damned if you do, damned if you don't because if Mm-hmm. Cisco goes and, you know, sends troops in to, to put down this rebellion. The the populace will never accept the Federation because it'll be like, yeah, no, you just killed our heroes or, you know, imprisoned. Yeah. You know, you're you're just the Cardassians again. You effectively invaded us. Yeah. Yep. So and then if Cisco says no, which is what he did, Kai can be like, well, we asked the Federation to help us with this civil war uprising thing and they didn't. So, hmm. Yeah, you don't know what would have happened if they did get involved. It could have been a little more sane uh, than, you know, let's run into the hills and shoot each other over a couple of reclamators. Yeah, like what what she doesn't understand is if they actually sent anyone in, what they would do first is send in a negotiator. You know, they'd like call up Picard and be like, could you get these two to sit down and talk to each yeah. other? Where's, where's Reva these days? He can handle it. Oh, no, he probably got murdered. Oh, he well, definitely was- got murdered. Well, that was supposedly the the Kira role, though. Like what I what I like about this about what she does is the way she does everything sort of right. One thing I love about Kira Kai Win scenes is that Kai Win is always in control of everything, and Kira's like hatred for her is right in her face. Like yeah. she's always looking at her like I'm going to kill you, and you know it kills my boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, she didn't. Her boyfriend just happened to die. he was going to die anyway. Yeah. And that's why, you know, that's why Kai Wen can be the the leader that she is and kind of the the space pope or whatever. Like this is, you know, this is really, this is medieval politics in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So Kai Wen was probably going to go and imprison Shakar regardless. So was sending Kira in just a way to make it look like she was doing things legit or what? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And I think also as a way to sort of bind Kira to her. Like, see, I tried. I tried it your way. I'm not so bad. Mm. It was interesting, too, because I remember thinking when this started, I was like, oh, wow, it's it's actually kind of been a while since we had one of these, like, Kira haunted by her past episodes, which makes sense because, you know, and we had a lot of them, it feels like, especially in the first season, because, you know, everything was still fresh. Now that Bajor has had a few years to kind of get its footing, it makes sense that this would be happening less and less. Um, nope, but they're all still ready to switch oh, to yeah. terrorism in a fucking second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it is, I mean, they are. It's Don't the, let them in the Federation. God damn. Yeah, but I, you know, it's still I, the it's still the first minister of the provisional government. They don't have a government yet. Well, they don't have a yeah. They don't have a constitution. It's like the yeah. You know what was the thing that the United States the Articles of Confederation? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like that. Right. But you know what's and, interesting is. I don't I don't know that I would call it terrorism. You know, I'd call it a a civil dispute, right? You know, it's it's an insurrection. Yeah. But terrorism and a civil insurrection are different things. Well, yeah, they were intentionally like saying that they didn't want to kill their own people. I mean, that's like pretty anti-terrorist. Yeah, yeah. terrorism would be like we're going to go blow up a bus station. 
yeah. you know, to prove our point. This is just, no, we've been wronged by the government. We're going to go up into the hills. And if, any, if the government comes after us, we'll defend ourselves. Oh, yeah. But you could tell Lupaza specifically was like, if there's killing, I want to be in on the killing. Yeah. Though. But yeah, I mean, that's but that's the same, you know, but that's what the, the, the Minutemen were in, you know, the 17, 1770. Mm-hmm. Uh, were there any, are there any consequences for Kira after this or no? Does not I'm seem guessing so. no. Seem yeah, like I'm it. guessing not. Well, I mean, if I the think, whole uh, military flipped. Yeah. Well, this is, this is actually what I love about the episode is, you know, I, I really like uh, sci-fi things about politics. You know, it's easy to find political stuff that's burdened with long speeches. But this is like, I really feel like you can feel every decision and every ramification of what goes on in society. You know, that, that scene in the valley, like as far as I'm concerned, that could be a 10 minute play. Like it's that good. Mm-hmm. You know, there, you know, Shikar and Kira are like, all right, you shoot him. I can't shoot him. No, I'm not going to do that. All right, I guess we'll go talk. And then they go down and they decide what to do, trade some stories. And like in the same cadence as you might have if you were deciding what kind of window to buy, they decide how to uh, how to handle this threat. Yeah, I was going to say, and, what do you want on your pizza? But that yeah. would be a war. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that would be a legit like bloodbath. Yeah. That, that you would stab your sibling over. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's also it's also not easy because it's, you know, the, the reclamators, you know, war over some reclamators. But if you switch that to coronavirus ventilation equipment, you understand mm. completely why this would get so, so hot so mm. quickly. Well, and that's, I think, you know, what what just shows how, like, bad of a leader Kai Win is. Yes. Is the fact that these reclamates, like, oh, no, we'll miss this planting season. Yeah, there'll be another one in Yeah, a but it's year. the principle of the thing. Like, everything with her is the principle of the thing. No, I know. She it's, wants it now. This, yeah, this, well, it's also, like, this reclamator thing is indicative of every other thing. Like, if they don't give me their reclamators, they're, if I don't, you know, take an inch from them... They're not going to let me take a mile from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's you know, convenient to like uh, so many of the facts she left out when talking to Kira. Mm-hmm. Like the way oh, yeah. she told the story, it was like, for all we knew, they'd had these reclamators for ages. It kind of sounded like that the way she yeah. told it. Then they get there. It's like, yeah, we were promised them for a year. We've had them for two months. We had to wait three years for them. It's like, oh, that is a very different situation. I mean, I Why was already... Can they get more reclamators or no? Can they just ask the Federation yeah, instead yeah, of come should... invade or give us more fucking reclamators or call the flaky skin people? They're great farmers. Mm. Yeah, I think they burned that bridge. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> they burned that bridge when they burned up that child in the ship. Well, you know, it, it all it all sort of comes down to resource management and that facet of government. I'm, I'm sure there's some reason you can't just reclamate a, or not replicate a reclamator. Yeah, but I'm sure um, other places have them available that they could trade for them or in other, like in some other way, acquire more. I mean, that does yeah, seem they, like the exact like, thing that the Federation should be doing on Bajor is like, yeah. that's true. You know, like you, they, they probably got 12 of them just chilling out on the Enterprise. Yeah. So I still blame Cisco. Mm. It's like the warehouse full of supplies in, uh, you know, Puerto Rico that they discovered months after the hurricane. And like, what Woof. the fuck? Oh, God. Kai right, here's Win. My, here's my, so wait, so that equivalent would be that like Kai Win has two dozen of them like in her bed chamber. I, I bet she does, honestly. Here's my my next question: What does everybody think of our our new character Shakar, who I can only assume we'll see more of? Ugh. Oh, I already and, assumed we were never seeing him again. And does anybody recognize him? 
You know, I meant to look him up because I was like, I know that face and I completely forgot. So please, who is he? Oh my God, you're going to love this. No, you're going to hate this. He was our good friend, Ronan. <laughs> from oh, From TNG? Yeah. He Ronan, was a ghost the Magnificent or the Wondrous or whatever the fuck. What the fuck was he called? He's... Ronan, Ronan Outrageous. No, that's no, I'm thinking you're of thinking Okona. Of Okona. Fuck. Who is uh, it? Who's no, he was, he was, he was, he was, the ghost, ghost, ghost fucker. No! You're not oh. Nana. Nana's dead. I That's why him. he was familiar. That's fucking amazing. He looks way better in this he than he does. did in that. Well, so, like, even though he still kind of had like the, the very flippy, flippy hair that you could tussle your hand through. And I'm sure Kira wanted to. Like it's, it was styled in a, in a more yeah. logical way. Yeah, no, I, I, like, they were clearly, like, again, I assume we don't, I don't remember, I assume we don't see him again. No, we, we definitely he's he's back. Back. He is oh, yeah. the head of the, the Bajoran Provisional Government now. Yeah, but, you know. Well, just, let me put it this way. He's definitely gonna be The around. last, the last, you know, dreamboat Bajoran that Kira took an interest in has been killed off. So what well, are we gonna do? It did feel like they were kind of maybe trying to set him up as a new love interest. Well, definitely. She blew out her morning candle for Burial after she they met. She blew out her she was like, She <laughs> dropped the lung. She's like, well, I'm done with Burial. Well, Found after, myself a after, new flame. After seem... seeing all the romance he's capable of in Sub Rosa, we just know like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that it's Ronan. Gross. That's fucking amazing. It does seem you know, like it... Kira has a type. <laughs> yeah. Pretty yeah, assholes also... that Kai Wynn doesn't like. <laughs> she's she's yeah. like the teenager trying to date everyone who Kaiwen hates. Yeah, we've she's also like, seen. I love him, mom. Yeah, we've also seen Saivar, the Vulcan who was playing darts with Miles, because he was Endor, the dad character in Suddenly Human, who just wanted his fake ass son back. No shit! Wow. wow. Wait, yeah. the um the Bajoran dad with the Cardassian son? Different no, dad? no, um the the. Remember the, the, the alien whining dead kid? With the, remember they were like, oh, the you know, keening. if we kill a parent oh. in battle, we have to adopt the son and raise him among ourselves. And he was like living well, yeah, in that's... Picard's quarters in a hammock. And his, that's what his I was talking about. Grandmother was an admiral. There weren't any Cardassians in that episode. Oh, all right. Then I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, this, this was a different TNG. race they'd been having a border war with that we never heard of before. That kind of foreshadowed. The kid's the... name was Jono. Yes, it was. Sounds familiar. Um, yeah. TNG it was not a good Deep episode. Nine? TNG. TNG. Okay, okay. Uh, so get all over the place. Imagine how bad I'm going to be. See, we're only in Deep Space Nine season three. Imagine when we're at like the end of Enterprise, and I'm like, okay, was that a TOS episode? I don't remember. You're like, no, it was literally last season. It's not going to get any better. Is all we I'm talked saying. about this last week. It was oh. that time Cisco fought the Gorn. Come on, guys. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Mennonites, what were those guys called? The Moonanites? Who are the fucking Gorn people? The, the Gorn? No, no, the 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 people oh, the, 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 pe- the, the people brought that, them together. The ma- the ma- Come on, Ames, you know. I probably do know. Uh, it's not the Organians, that's the no, other that's one with the, the other other ones. But no, Moonanites were those, the... The things from the bomb scare. Yeah, the Boston yeah. bomb square. Uh, yeah, I don't oh, remember. My, anyway, my memory is. Uh, it was M, it was an M word. I'll look it up. Um, anyway, I was gonna say, um, you know, so Kai Wynn does this power play move to become the first minister. Metron. Metron, that's right. That's what well it done. Is. 
And uh, she, you know, what, what it reminded me of, so you remember back, this was like, what, season one or two, or it might have been, I think it was the cliffhanger of season one. The Circle and and Jaro mm. and the last time that uh, Win and, you know, tried to do some political power play. Oh, yeah, where she were not, not Terrence Stamp. Who was the actor? No, uh, that guy that's in everything. Yeah, yeah, him. They were going to, like, be a power couple. Yeah, and he was going to be the political arm and she was going to be the religious arm and they were going to rule the galaxy with an iron fist. Yeah. But now I think she's just she's just realized, like, hmm, if you want something done right. <laughs> well, yeah, never, never rely on a man. Like, that's step one. Mm. We will screw up. Mm-hmm. I like that I read uh, that the original pitch for this episode wasn't the whole Reclamator thing. Kai Win was added very, very late, but there was going to be an idea that they were going to be opening up a museum on Bajor, and Shakar and his resistance folks were protesting against it because they thought that all like the stuff in the museum were much better used practically by like the farmers and stuff. Like basically, the Reclamators would have been an exhibit. Instead of being used as reclamators. Hmm. Wow, that's a stupid idea. That's a really stupid idea. It sounds like a really shitty museum, too. (laughs) Nobody wants to go to a fucking agricultural museum. Like, that's fucking boring. And here we see the reclamators, which remove all the toxins from the soil. Like, Snorefest, guys. You'd have to go to it, it, like, every three years as part of your, like, Bajoran K-12 program. Oh, the fucking reclamators again. (laughs) Like, I could see if they were, like, upset because they felt it was a museum that was misrepresenting their history or something. That would have been an interesting angle. Yeah, you can't tear down that, that statue of Gul Dukat. That's part of our heritage. <laughs> that did remind me, that One thing that I thought was really nice was uh, when Cisco tells Kira that the First Minister died, her, her immediate instinct is he must have been murdered. Because <laughs> that's just what her life has been. There's, it was mine no too, especially once they said Kai Wynn was in charge. I'm like, oh, so she killed him. But she was she appointed by the other fuck people. Out of that guy. No, but that that was just like I thought it was a nice thing because it's like this is probably one yeah. of the first major Bajoran natural deaths in years. You know, and it, it's 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 a concept that's alien to her, and that was like it's a really brief moment, but it's really. It, they're just the thought put into it is perfect, you know, because that's so much of her life has been this person has died. It's like who killed them and how? You know, it's like oh no, he just he was old. Yeah, it's I like, think. Yeah. Oh yeah, that can that can happen now. <laughs> yeah, Win says at one point. I think they're talking about Barile's death that they consider death leaving us to work with the prophets. Mm. Fucking, they, fucking oh yeah, that was a great. Uh, there was know, I picked up on something a lot like God calling their children home. So it's she similar to me. when they were talking about. What's his fuck's death? Barile's uh, death. Barile, when they're talking about Barile's death, and she said, you know, oh, he walks with the prophets now. And then later in the episode, I think when she's sending Kira out to do the, you know, to go talk to uh, Shakar, she says, walk with the prophet's child. And all I could think of, did you just tell her to die? <laughs> that's a good point. Oh, well, that's the thing is. At one point, she says, uh, we all walk with the prophets. So it's like, holy shit, what's she planning? (laughs) We're all dead, motherfucker. Yeah, no, uh, really, everything with her, like, you know, I think we we give a lot of credit where, you know, whenever Garrick's talking, there's just layers upon. It's true with her, too, though. Like, hers are a little more obvious sometimes, but it's just like, you're never getting a straight statement out of her, either. Yeah, especially the lies. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Only lies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the deck like Kai Wind versus Garrick. 
That's a conversation I'd love to see. I don't think we ever get it, but... Between Garrick and Kai Wynn? I feel like that would be like Kirk lying, giving a logical fallacy thing to a computer. They would just both explode. <laughs> yeah, it would all just be them talking in effectively in code at each other about various things. Well, yeah. it'd be like that scene between Garrick and Quark, but like, you know, to the third power. What scene between Garrick and Quark? Oh, God, it was... I can't remember the episode. Remember there was a scene where they... Oh, it's the one where Quark's old flame, the Cardassian professor there... Oh, when they're talking about clothes and the cut of clothes and, like, that, um... It's... it's they're so obviously, Some like, people think that style of dress is very dangerous or some bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. God, that was a that good scene. That was a good scene. I don't know. I think... I don't think Kai Wynn could come within a mile of Garrick's wit and intelligence... Oh no, that's true. Sure. But I'm just talking about the level of like. Oh yeah, I mean she she would, but he would be talking circles around her. Oh oh, for sure, for sure. Like she, she's she's incredibly adept at being duplicitous. But the mm. thing is, like, really, it's just that she talks out of both sides of her mouth. I don't yeah. think she's actually terribly yeah, clever. I just <laughs> I think that she's that she's very good at playing the system and playing her part in it. No, that's true. Whereas Garrick somehow. Knows not to trust himself, but believes himself as well. It it makes perfect sense. Well, that's the that's the great thing. I mean, Garrick is kind of like, don't bullshit a bullshitter. Yeah. And uh, Kai Wen is kind of like, what are you talking about? I've never lied in my life. <laughs> I'm angry at you for telling me I've lied. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Kai Wen really is the MAGA candidate of Bajor. You know. Like, yeah. No, she's she... also like Brexit with the Federation. That's true. No, I don't know. Like bit. she's like, let's pull out of, let's pull out of uh, NATO or whatever garbage oh, yeah. he yeah, that's a good used point. to say. Yeah, God, she is so much more depressingly relevant now than she was in 1994. Yep. A lot of Deep Space Nine is, I think. Yeah. It really yeah. is having its time now. I mean, it was good then, but now it's just like upsetting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she's like, what? You want me to like do my job and negotiate with people? That sounds boring i'm just gonna have people shot (laughs) (sighs) scary what about that other episode (laughs) you ready for that one i'm ready for that one tell us about it how could you not be ready for this one my notes are very brief because i paid very little attention because i found it terrible what i didn't like it but his suit i have stories the stories are going to be like whoa well anyway spoiler i didn't like it but in facets Jitsia is having her sweet 16. No, sorry. Her, <laughs> sorry. Uh, 16 candles. Shot J- Jantara. Sorry, right. it's Jantara. And basically... No, hold on. <laughs> it wasn't even that funny. I mean, I'm, I appreciate it, but... Chris, when, when Chris gets an image in his Ooh. head that's a, that no one else understands, it takes a minute. You just no, there, get the little, there is like, some, plastic there is, tiara and, and like, the, a like, big puffy pink dress or something. Like it's, well, the uh, dress is more quinceanera. What's it? What's it uh, well, no, 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 I was thinking that, but because I, I almost said quinceanera. But what's the other thing that Southern people do when the girls are, like, coming Debutante out? ball. No, there's another word for it. Uh, coming out ball. I don't know. Rum springer. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I have no idea what that is. That's the Amish That's what the thing. Amish do. Um, it's where they're allowed to go, like, play oh, video games a for year, a bit. a year mm. of fun. God damn it, I'm gonna have to look it up later, because it's gonna bother me. Anyway, so, uh, and her Jantara, all of her past selves are gonna come out, and they're gonna 
take Aunt. over the bodies of, of all of her friends. And we're going to hear what they have to say. And she really is bothered because she doesn't understand why Curzon, you know, let her become a trill thing, whatever the fuck they call it, carrier. Joined. Joined. joined, joined yes, that's trill. it. Thank you. Why she let her be, you know, a joined trill because he like threw her out, but then he let her back into the pro the initiate program. And oh, why did he pick me? And ba da ba ba. Who fucking gives a shit? Meanwhile, Nog is back. On this, on the ship, and he's uh, about to take his like PSATs. Oh, his sweet sixteen. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he uh, sixteen and pregnant, and uh, I don't know. But so, <laughs> was that what you were trying to remember, Caitlin? Yeah. Yep. No. Uh, that is what they do in the south. That's true. I did. I, I... <laughs> Nailed it, both of you. That was perfect. Fucking Ames set it up, and you knocked it down. It was great. Since we're back on it, uh, did you mean Cotillion? It might have been Cotillion. Because all I can find is Cotillion or Debutante Ball. I mean, those are right, well, basically the thinking, same thing, right? Well, they know. are the same thing. Maybe but... I was thinking of Cotillion. I don't know. Whatever. Something creepy where southern men show off their, like, adolescent daughters in expensive dresses in a party to all their man friends. It sounds like a whatever. Cotillion. De- Debutante Ball slash Cotillion. Yeah, it's gross. It's disgusting. Sweet Sixteen's anyway. funnier because she's got a cheap plastic tiara on and yep, yep. is having a cake Someone shows up to... Give her a Mercedes Ooh, lucky girl. that she crashes immediately. Lucky us. Anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> so Nog is here and he's getting ready for his like big, like I said, PSATs uh, to, it's like the pre-test to take the test to get into the academy officially, I think, right? As a cadet. The impression I was under is that it's like basically because he doesn't quite have the background, it's to get into a preparatory program. Okay. So, like, before the Academy, they'll kind of spend half a year getting him up to speed. Gotcha. And he's working really hard on it, and his dad is really proud and bought him a cadet's outfit. He had Garrick make it special, which I thought was a really sweet bit. But it turns out that Quark is a complete piece of shit, and, I mean, not that that's news, but he sabotages his lovely nephew's chances but thankfully, Rom is on to him, which is very smart for Rom, and goes to Cisco and takes care of it. So Nog can test again, and he passes, and it's great, and we're all happy. And Quark is a fucking dickbag. Dickbag. And Rom had the best line ever. Nog's happiness is more important to me than latinum. Anyway. Uh, Bad Ferengi. Yeah, he's the worst. He has another takes after Damn good Moogie. father, though. Hmm. Moogie. Yeah, his, so, his character arc is getting better. I still can't stand the voice. Yeah, but the character is, arc is very interesting. Yeah, he's a good, he's a good, he's a good old Rom. But anyway, back to fucking Jadzia. So <laughs> some weird shit. Which happens. is what Julian wants to do. Oh no, it's Curzon who gets to go into Odo's body, and some weird shit happens with his hair and his face and because of his shape-shifting dna or whatever something happens where like their thoughts and personalities are melding and curzon is a cheeky bastard and turns out the reason why he was a shit to jadzia was because he was in love with her which as a side note is like why i fucking hate this episode like Mm. jadzia boy crazy jadzia again why anyway even though it really wasn't her. It's not her fault for once, though her acting was a little... I feel like this uh, is always, among the better acting we've seen from Terry Farrell. Yeah, I, was, I thought she was oh, actually I quite have good a in note. this one. I have a great note about that. We'll get to that in a second, though. What else happens, Caitlin? Cisco is got the fucking cuckoo dude in him, Joran. 
And yeah. he beats the shit out of Cisco a little bit. And then, like, fakes Jedzia out and is like, no, no, I'm back to Cisco. LOL, I'm choking you. Just kidding. And then he does actually go back to being Cisco. And I thought for sure he was faking them out a second time. And then nothing happened with that. So he I did. was like, all right. And I was like, why? You're leading me. You're leading me down a path and you're never giving me what I expect. No, Jedzia Klingon, used her Klingon warrior side to beat the Joran out of Cisco. Yeah. Oh, is that what happened? <laughs> beat him out of him. <laughs> and he's like, oh, thanks for not breaking any bones, old man. And I was like, great. Good. Very good. Yeah, I just... Uh, yeah, the thing about this talk. episode... And here's... here's I, I read the, the backstory of where this idea came from, and I watched another movie this week t- uh, to, to boot, so I'll get to that in a second. Sybil? Yes. Oh. But I didn't watch the good one, the good because the good one's like three and a half hours long because it was a television series. Oh. Or, oh yeah, a, a mini-series. But I watched the, the 2007 remake, which was meh. Um, but yeah, they really wanted to do something about a woman with dissociative identity disorder. And they're like, how do we do this? How do we do this? Let's figure out if we can do it with Jadzia. And they're like, okay, so that would mean if we bring out all of Jadzia's past hosts, then Terry Farrell will have to play them all. Oh, <laughs> and no. red flags do go that. off in my brain saying, <laughs> you know what? Don't, it wasn't that good of an idea. Do it. Let's skip it. <laughs> yeah, and then somebody had the had the bright stupid idea of oh it should be like 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 we always do which is just having the other characters play those characters because we already have them on the ship but we need but we need an extra one so we have to have lita show up for no reason do all the fucking time (laughs) my first note is the six people i'm closest to and the new extra yeah well rosalind chow wasn't available because they wanted to have yeah that would have made a lot more sense yeah they couldn't get the actress well, it had to be a female, because right now they've realized, they've put themselves in, in the stupid place where they realize, oh, shit, we only have two women on the show. Hmm. What? How did we manage that? I feel like most show writers in the 90s never would have thought that was or a hell, problem, you know, so they really were ahead of their time. Cassidy Yates? I don't know. They could have had somebody. I feel like Lita was like, you know, I know in the future of the show she becomes a more major recurring character. Yeah, but right now we've only we've seen, seen her, her once, once for about a yeah, minute. We saw, we yeah. saw. Guys, but we were told at the beginning that she and Jadzia have been spending a That's lot of time true. together. And we'll never see that again. Like, I remember her I was her like, dude, are they very, gay? This is awesome. I was so acutely. excited. What did you say, so I, You know, I have very vivid memories of seeing Lita in that episode. Yeah. <laughs> she, le- she leaves two big impressions on me. I, I will say I liked what little they did where it was like, you know, she she's she's a Dabo girl, so she reads up on cultures to be kind of ready for clientele. Oh, yeah. That's that's a nice touch. Yeah, I like Lita well enough, and I like Chase Masterson's uh, acting as Lita well enough. But it, yeah, it comes out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, she's too new at this point. You're like... And also, like, it's just that also I fucking hate, because they've done this, as we've said, countless fucking times now, where it's like, oh, let's just have the actors whom we have play these extra characters so that they can, you know, strut their stuff, do some extra acting. When I'm thinking to, the, to myself, like, if you really wanted Jadzia to encounter her past selves, there should have been something like, I don't know, maybe there were holodeck versions of them, where then we could have extra actors come in and play them, or maybe or it's like, a dream thing. Well, the time anything. she fucking went in the pool and saw Murder Jim. Yeah, there. and oh, he even yeah. remembered that. When he was in Cisco, yeah. he remembered having met her before, so... In the pool. So it wasn't yeah. ju- the pool thing wasn't just a hallucination, like... That was a legit a, interaction. Yeah. 
Having said that, I love Kurzodo, so uh, I love his suit. Sounds like a delicious Italian dish. Or that. But Mm. I love his suit. I love his hair. They should have kept his hair like that. Mm. He should have been like, I'm keeping the hair. But no, I loved the suit. When he went, poof, and had that on, and I was like, this is the best piece of civilian clothing Star Trek has ever given us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they also referenced Frank Owen Smith, who played Curzon in The Emissary. Or just, I'm sorry, Emissary. So that they could know, like, what to make Odo's face look like. So Mm. that it would actually look like the character who, or the the actor who played Odo before. I'm sorry, the actor who played Curzon Mm. before. Jesus. Yeah, I actually, I, I see, I, I'm surprised at what they, the genesis of this episode is, because to me, I assume that it, this, the whole point of this episode was that like, oh, we want to have Odo have, uh, you know, merge with one of Jadzia's former selves and then have it. Oh, a, that feels like an afterthought. See, to me, like that, that was the episode and that should have been. Well, they should have started it They sooner. really should. Like, yeah. I feel like yeah. everything leading up to that was a waste of time. You know, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is why I say they should have moved this B-plot to the previous episode so they could really fucking focus on this because I know one of the writers, I forget which one, was like, no, no, we really, really have to see each one of the other Ugh. previous hosts, which is fine. You know, you get to see all of them, which I think if you removed that and said, oh, we're going to skip the first six and only concentrate on the last one, that'd be kind of a waste of time. Well, um, I kind of have a rewrite pitch for the script. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I can call up Rene Echevarra or something and, and see if he can commission it. But I, I feel like this should have been, instead of a ritual, this should have been just Curzon. Yeah. And oh, that'd be it should have been, and it should have been like Curzon's weekend out with Ben Sisko, you know, because they, they spend a lot of time together. I really love the old man friendship thing. Mm-hmm. Then they could, you know, Maybe maybe every year uh, Curzon comes out. Uh, they go fishing or play baseball or something. And uh, but then Curzon refuses. The other thing is, I I really feel like as great as Odo was, the role of Curzon belongs to Terry Farrell by right. And I I don't know how it would have come out, but like I feel like if they had put him in in her in that way and then he refused to leave that would have really heightened what they were trying to do because now she has to fight for everything that she has gained in a primal way mm. see do we think terry farrell has no, the chops i think that's she, the issue that also it's a shame i remember really liking her the my first time i saw a bunch of ds9 episodes and now that i'm actually watching I'm like oh Man, this is actually disappointing. You know, I, will say, I, well, feel, that's... I feel she is not challenged by the writing they give her. Oh, no. Maybe that's I have, some of it. I have always felt that the trills, they have never really figured out how to, how to write the trills oh. good enough for me. Except, ironically enough, Kurzodo. Like, every trill <laughs> should be like that. Mm. Like, where you've got this piece of one memory and this piece of another memory. And he's like, ah, oh, Quark, I hate you. Old Matt Benjamin, I love you. You know, like that. It should all be together mm-hmm. like that. And you should see all these seven people. Yeah, it in, should be like the actor, you know, and that could and there could be plots based around like having to deal with like, you know, I feel like I'm losing my mind because there's always conflicting thoughts from my past hosts. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like, and it's then, like a and hard then you drive watch of Sybil. memories. Yeah. yeah. And then you watch Sybil after that because, you know, I did that this week and Sybil's an actually like a very, very interesting character. If uh, I, I bet Caitlin would be into this for some reason. I don't know why I think that. Maybe it's because you're into weird shit like serial killers and stuff. But <laughs> I am into that. There's a whole giant controversy because, you know, Sybil is based off a real person, uh, Shirley Mason, who was uh, diagnosed with multiple personality disorder before they called it dissociative identity disorder. 
And there's a lot of controversy that's like what we all think that the psychiatrist was actually lying and put all of these thoughts into her head and none of this was true to begin with. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. There's a, a word lot, for a bunch that. Of books I have can't come think out. of what it's called. Yeah, I, I did look up the version you watched. It's like, hey, Jessica Lange is in it. And oh, liter literally no one else I've heard of. So I was like, ooh, yeah. Okay. That's because it's not a lot of people because it's mostly one one woman playing... 17 characters. Yeah, but I just mean, like, I haven't heard of the woman who played the 17 characters, so that's a bad uh, sign. Yeah, the original from 1976 with, um, oh god, I've lost her name. I don't know, it won a whole bunch of awards and shit, so. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I, fuck, they referenced that in Animaniacs, it was so well known. Mm. How many you got in there, Sybil? Sally Fields. Sally Fields won an award oh, for yeah. that. Oh, right. great actor. I like her, she makes good cookies. <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Deep Fields is my mother. <laughs> you know, Deep Space Nine has some weird influences. You you go oh, yeah. look on Metamory Alpha, and it's like this episode was inspired by a baseball yeah. card that you found. Yeah. I feel like they do it a lot with Jadzia. I was just reading in my book when where they say they've admitted like they never they rarely know what to do with Jadzia because exactly like, we want to do Brigadoon in space. Let's make it a Jadzia episode. Boys, we want to do Sybil in space. Boys, let's make it a Jadzia episode. And you know what? I, I've seen Terry Farrell. You know, outside of Deep Space Nine, like she she has a joie de vivre like in interviews that she does not show on the show. They they could have done something more with her, mm -hmm. even if she's never going to be the best. You know, it's kind of like on. Disco season one, a lot of people said that the actress playing Tilly couldn't act, but then they went to the Mary Universe and she became an empress, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't, I don't know if that was a better role, but it was at least different. Mm. I think they oh, also yeah. like... Tilly is great. Tilly's I love, great. I love they Tilly made, all over the place. Everything yeah. about Tilly is great. They made great. Tilly a little less in your face at that point. Too. They were, they were leaning too heavily on the like... I talk yeah. too much. Am I talking too much? I know I talk yeah. too much. I'm going to say the f word. Yeah, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but once once they yeah once they kind of pulled back on that and yeah I think Killy was a big moment. Like she's a standout character from that show. But also Absolutely. keep in mind that most of the people who say that she's a bad actress are really just mad because she's not a size two. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like I can't even well, take I, mean, I, I can't, can't even take a lot of people's criticism seriously because everyone's like, oh, she's so fat. She's so stupid. What's wrong with her? It's like she's like a fucking. I mean, she's not. Having, first of all, she's not fat. Like, right, well, I mean, there's legitimate all, criticisms, I think, of that character and how it was written. I don't know enough about think, that yeah, actress to say if it's a bad acting job. And yeah, I remember. The, I, the, I remember it, the character being annoying for the first several episodes. Yeah. But, and I, I looked into her to basically being Sonia Gomez yeah. part two. Yeah. Or, or yeah, no, Bashir, the writing, you know? Yeah, old uh, Bashir. Yeah. Like, I will one. say the writing, the acting was just, she was acting the character she was given. Yeah. And the writing for her first few appearances was Fucking grating annoying. as fuck. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I, yeah, I definitely lay that completely at the writer's And feet. I don't know about, well, like, yeah. with the Jed Zia situation, you know, how much of it is just Terry Farrell not being so great. Because, yeah, I have seen her in other things. I mean, she was on Becker. And I thought she was. Oh, that's right. She was, was she great on Becker. Becker. She was. She was well, a main a normal... in the main cast of Becker. She was the yeah, coffee she's shop like a owner. Yeah, she's like a normal person on yeah. Becker. And I think basically, like they, like the character on Becker, I don't know the name. Um, it was a, ma it was a male like... name. I feel like if I'm, it's been so long since I saw that show. Yeah, it's been a long time. Reggie was it um, Reggie? But... I'm gonna know in All just right, yeah, a minute. Let me know. Give me one sec. Yeah, no, I feel like you know her. Her main personality elements of that character were she's sassy. Yeah, and that's mostly it. And that's mostly it because uh, Terry Farrell is great at doing sassy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Chassis and smart. Yeah, and Becker's, yeah, you know, I mean, she was fine in that show. What it comes down to is, like you said, they didn't really know what to do with Jadzia. So imagine the direction she must have been getting. It was probably oh, yeah. Yeah. almost non-existent. And 90% of the time, she has to deliver all the all the random science bullshit, which, yeah. you know, is hard mm-hmm. to make into a character. And I mean, you know, even the best actors need good direction. The example I always go to is the worst movie I've ever seen, The Amazing Spider-Man has a fucking, on paper, fantastic cast. And all of them suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, you do not have that many high-caliber actors in one film doing that poorly unless it's a failure well, of direction. It's, it's the Eugene Levy paradox, you know? What about... What's the Jude? What's, what's that? Because he's, he's brilliant and he's hilarious. He's but he's also in a lot of trash movies. Oh, all what of was when we talked? We just talked about money. this last week. Yeah. Uh, well, that's different. That's that's not a failure of direction. That's a man who's just like, "Fuck it, this is my job. Yeah. I'm gonna take what comes." I don't that's know. like that's like Michael Michael Caine missing his like Oscar because he was filming Jaws four nice. or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I think Michael yeah, the, Caine the, gotta get paid. Yeah, like the British are way less like bullshit about that sort of thing. They're just like. Yeah, it's a paycheck. Like, Americans kind of, we we play at this, like, you've got to be choosy kind of things. So it's like, and yeah, you know what? If you're the kind of actor who gets a if, fucking if, small fortune for every yeah. film you're in, if you you're get Daniel be, Day-Lewis. Yeah. If you're Eugene Levy, who's a character actor, and even a really famous character actor is only going to make so much per thing, you take what you can yeah. get. If he has to be in 27 American Pie movies, so be it. <laughs> and what, at the end of the day, you know, what's going to stand the test of time isn't those. It'll be the good things he was yeah, in. Yeah, like American Game Pie 1. one. Oh, okay, fine, fair enough. Wait. Well, he's in all those, like, weird yeah, indie he's in, comedies. Yeah, he's in all, like, like a, a whole bunch of the Christopher Guest Christopher films. Christopher Guest. Oh, those yeah. are great. Shit's yeah, Creek so that, that's, is excellent. Yeah, people fucking, like, that's the stuff that's going to survive, not American Gooby. Pie 4. Um, and I've never seen American Pie one, but by all accounts, the original actually. Is I mean, good, it's good for like a yeah, sex like. um, And of course, yeah. SCTV. Oh yeah, yeah. We were just watching some SCTV recently. He was yeah. hilarious. No, it was actually just Caitlin had never heard of it, so uh, we, it was only the woman, after the, the woman fact, who plays. Yeah, the woman who plays the first iteration of Moogie is in that. That's right. Yeah, Chris you were telling, was telling me. me that. Yeah, Andrea Martin. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to bring it back to facts. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Let's bring it back to facets. I want to talk about Joran. Joran, Joran. Out of fucking nowhere, they decide Joran is a psychopath. I know, that wasn't the character trait last time. No, it wasn't. Yeah. We met him before. He wasn't a psychopath. He just happened to kill somebody out of convenience. Was what was what I got I out thought of it. Well, it wasn't even out of convenience. Was it was like there, he just he had a he 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 wasn't mentally out of necessity, strong maybe. enough to deal with the pressures of being a joined trill. Maybe that drove him crazy. But but like when we see him in this, he's got like wide eyes and he's talking scary and yeah, he's, he's banging they, his head body. on the fucking thing. Did they? <laughs> well, that did, was Avery Brooks. <laughs> did they? Did they give Avery Brooks funky contacts, or did they just find a way to light his eyes weird? Oh my god! Speaking of Avery Brooks, they had to reshoot all the Joran scenes because Avery <laughs> Brooks made it too creepy. And they said, "Okay, you're you're being way too creepy, Avery. We're going to I redo all these and be less yeah. creepy." He's a weird man, Chris. He's that, the weirdest like, man. When they said he was going to play the crazy trail, I was like, "Of course he is." <laughs> Avery Brooks. He is a natural stage actor, as far as I'm yeah. concerned, and that looks weird on TV sometimes. But you would want to see him play Hamlet at the Globe, wouldn't you? 
Oh, yeah. I'd admit it. No, he'd be Iago. He'd make a great Iago. Could do that. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think, I don't know. Yeah, he is He is fantastic. But, you know, it's, but I, you know, I, I think you could make the same case for a Shatner. You know, everyone, sure, like, yeah, like, I think they're, I, I've said this before that I just think they're, they're two sides of the same coin in the acting department. They're both like celebrated over actors. Um, yeah. But like, for some reason, people really connect with the Avery Brooks style. Like, no one's like, man, Avery Brooks, what a goofy actor. Yeah, he's also he's also very charming. Yeah, a lot of people. But so is Shatner. I feel like Shatner gets a raw deal. Is is the point I'm going to make? Well, I think what it is with Shatner, I think, is that his style of overacting is dated in a way. Like, because when you look at him, you know, they talk about how he did a lot of Shakespeare in Canada. And you think about when he did Shakespeare, this was at the height of the, like, pompous Laurence Olivier style of acting. Mm. And if you think of him delivering Shakespeare, that's exactly how everyone did Shakespeare mid-century. Wait, Laurence Olivier or Sidney Poitier? Because I feel like I've Laurence heard... Olivier. Oh, I feel like I've heard um, the other as well. Like, it's just this really strange, stilted... You know, you think about the weird pauses and the sudden rush, like, you're like, yeah, this is, he acts like that because that was legitimately how people thought you were supposed to do a certain type of theater in the mid-century. I, I just um, want to hear how he would do slings and arrows, you know. <laughs> both of them. I'll take both of their versions. Well, it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows, but rage, fortune. <laughs> But that's just it. Like that's how Which one are you doing right now, Jake? They're kind of both I in think, there. Yeah. That's, that's how everyone did Shakespeare in the 50s. So his acting style makes sense. It's just he unfortunately learned it right before everyone stopped doing it, thank God. Mm. I think um, at a certain point too, I think he started leaning in to oh, his yeah, stereotype I think, because no, that's and, true. And Avery Brooks never did that's that. True. You know, he's too he's he's that just uh, is Avery Brooks. No, he, yeah. that's true. Yeah. yeah. Shatner definitely was yeah. like, hmm, people draw such a broad caricature of me. If I want to keep making money in this business, I just need to embrace that and just be that. Yeah, because yeah. it's definitely less intense when you look at like TOS. Yeah. Anyway, uh back to this show. Yes. So the most of the 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 facets did facets. nothing for me. But I did want to no. call out for not a good reason the quark gets to play oh, a woman that scene one. was so disappointing. Very cringy. I was just like, Ugh. So stereotypical. Uh, oh, dearie. <laughs> no, I read that Armin Shimmerman, like everyone in the room was like, everyone, let's let's go, let's come watch uh, Quark being a lady. It's going to be hilarious. And Armin Shimmerman specifically tried to play it as straight as possible. It was just, it was as, like, still not, just it's so Because it's not a comedy I don't know. scene. I, th- yeah, I thought no. it was, like, I... I just, it was the fact that, like, he, he was sitting down to brush her hair and talk about being a mother, and it's like, Wait, wait, you were head of the Symbiosis Commission. Like, that's exactly. so much bigger. Hold on. Yeah. Backtrack. Like, that was definitely a scene written by a dude. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I don't think I don't think Armin Shimmerman, I think he did the best with the material, probably. Oh, yeah, I don't but blame I, him. But again, I feel like the writing failed here to just like... Well, some of it is the casting, too, because when they realize we don't have enough women to play all of the, the, the female-identified facets of Jedzia's personality... It's all right. Well, obviously, Quark's going to play one because that's funny. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. They, they shouldn't. I feel like they shouldn't have gone for laughs, especially yeah. given that the character was supposed no. to be, you know, this this major figure, and yeah. not just you know. I don't know. I feel like it did disservice to that past host to have it be. It did. Yeah. Quark. Absolutely. Jokey. Brushing the hair. You know. 
It it is interesting though. You you look at you look at the history of the Daxes, and it's like you've got this major legislator, the head of the Symbiosis Commission, Curzon, who's like fucking and ambassading his way across the galaxy, and Tobin, like weird yeah. little nerdy Tobin, yeah. who kind of the first time the he ever got man. drunk. Well, he's at least a math genius. Yeah. yeah, he's also that, brilliant. That's true. Yeah. That's yeah. true. You know what I didn't need? I didn't need an origin story for why Jadzia holds oh, her hands behind her back. So yeah, that was, why? That was the worst. You know, at least with that horrible quark scene, they were going for something. With all those scenes with all those other mm-hmm. hosts, they weren't going for anything at all. You know what's weird I, that I realized watching this was... Jadzia does a lot of, you know, like self-revelations about, oh, this is why I do this. Oh, this is a thing I didn't realize about myself before. Why doesn't she realize these things on her own? She has the memory. I think it's like yeah, apparently you don't have. Everything. Well, I wonder it's if it's weird. also just like you know when it's like little things like putting your hand behind your back. You don't necessarily associate with a particular host, right? It's like That's, muscle memory. Yeah, type it's just something. Yeah. Except- Is that a little thing though? Because it comes from a very big memory of yeah. of Lee of uh, Leela learning that people made fun of her for using her mm, like her no, gesticulating a lot and changing her she behavior. Was, that's she a was big from the memory. Italian part of the Trill homeworld. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or not knowing that Curzon was in love with you. Why the fuck doesn't she realize that? That's yeah, like there, my big criticism. Did Curzon just request? Right do you think Curzon requested Jadzia so he could finally be inside her? No, she oh. requested him. Oh, that's right. She did. What I found interesting, though, with the with the Lita thing, also, I, this is a side note, but I found it appropriate that Nana Visitor, whose name we mispronounced as Nana for so long, was playing sort of a little old lady. She was she's playing a, a Nana. She yeah. is quite Nana a Nana was playing a Nana. Yeah, she, yeah she's the, the... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you first. Uh, well, I was just going to say, she, like, Nana Visitor is so good that, like, if any other actor tried to do that, character i would think it was like a comedy bit or like a comedian del art or something mm. but nana is so good i believe that she's doing it like her aunt or something yeah or dr but, ruth um, <laughs> but i found it interesting that that moment did sort <laughs> of good. there is a larger theme you know whether intentional or not but you know there is an attempt i think to sort of discuss aspects of sort of sexism and imposter syndrome and mm-hmm. All this other stuff because you've got you've got Leela, Lita rather who's like you know I did this to sort of piss off you know because the men were being dicks because I was being too forceful. We've heard that argument a lot. You know, women aren't what allowed to have you, emotion. Like, hang on, what thing are you referring to? Her putting her hands behind oh, her back. Leela. Le- Leela. Oh, it was Le- Leela. Leela. Leela's the Dabo girl. Oh right, Christ. Yeah, that's Le- Leela yeah. played Emily. Yes, the gymnast. Uh, so, but Leela, you know. Has male colleagues who decides, you know, she's too emotional, so she clasps her hand behind her back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so much of what, you know, drives Dax's discomfort, you know, the reason she's been avoiding this is to avoid talking to Curzon because I think, you know, everything he did to her gave her, like, a really bad case of imposter syndrome. Um, You know, and it turns out it's because, you know, a man in a position of power had inappropriate feelings and i mean you know on the one hand yeah he didn't like try to use that to his advantage but on the other hand he still disadvantaged her because Mm -hmm. of it you know instead of being like i'm just going to be better it's like i'm just going to try to get rid of the problem as i see it so i think there is at least a little aspect of it there but it's fascinating that you know she's got you know everything she's done 
on her own, and then all the people she has been, like, again, it's this, like, the Dax symbiote seems to mostly go to some of the higher echelon people, you know? Hmm. A major legislature, the head of the commission, ambassador. What was Tarius? Tarius was a pilot or something. And, uh, oh, that's yeah. what I read. He was like an engineer and a mathematician. Oh, Tarius, right. I was thinking the of one Tobin. that Julian did? Yeah, they do a lousy job with the naming because too many of the names mm. right now are sounding alike. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I read that Julian, they gave they gave him the direction right before filming of, hey, hey, um, Siddig, can you do uh, John Wayne? Oh, God. Like, Maybe? Sorry. Let's find hey, out. Hey, Siddig, could you not talk like a vampire? <laughs> can, I mean, yeah, the, the American accent, I wasn't sure what was going on there, but yeah. Him and the chief. Yeah, well, the chief. The chief. Oh yeah. I like. I. I was trying the to decide. Like, good. is he do, trying to do like an American accent, or is he just trying to do like a pissant accent? You know, yeah. What was it, the. I. That was. I thought to me that was the other Commedia dell'arte performance besides mm. non-visitors. It's like like get the two of them on stage and they'll like riff on each other for ten minutes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I see. I wouldn't have thought that, hey, uh, hey, City, could you do Wayne? Although now that you say that, I guess I can kind of see he was trying. I feel like the direction of it, hey, City, could you do a fat guy? <laughs> just, just be what you think a fat guy is. I thought he was trying to do like a World War One flying ace or something. Like, like oh. I could see like goggles on, mm. on top of his head. There we go. That's right. Uh, uh, I've got to beat Jerry. He could do that in the... Uh... <laughs> He could do that in the holodeck as long as he stood up in the plane before he turned the holodeck off. <laughs> yes. Oh, you segueing kind of to the Nog well, yeah, I feel like we should touch on it at least. We've been talking for That's a long great. time. Before we do, can I just say one more thing that I thought was great? Yes. The only thing I thought was great I hope, I hope it wasn't when Nog. I hope it wasn't when Jadzia gave Quark Umox in front of everyone. No, that was it. No. Uh, I really <laughs> I liked doing that. I liked when uh, Kurzoto ordered Tranya. Mm. I thought it was yeah. a callback. I thought it was great. I was like, it, oh! I was like, oh my god, you ordered right- Tranya. And Pat was like, what the hell's Tranya? And I'm like, oh, Cliff Howard's little weird alien bitch drinks it in TOS. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's fine. See, they should be that all the time with trills. It was, it was a bright neon orange. Looked great. It was like tang. I drank that. Oh yeah. I would he too. may have known. I feel Bale, like it looks know. like it's probably vaguely like orange and citrus flavored of some kind. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. In moving on to the Nog plot, my first note was: Is Nog wearing the right head today? It looked funny, and I actually read that they changed up his cheekbones to show that he was getting a little older. Mm. Oh. So they gave they gave him a new a new cheek thing on the face that okay. I thought just looked like he was missing part of his makeup. I didn't even notice that, but I yeah, noticed no, good his, catch. his headdress in the back looked like Yeah, it looked like shit. garbage at that the beginning. I noticed complaint. that too. Looked like it was made of tin yeah. foil. It was like, "Oh, we lost we lost that." All right, just like fold this cardboard around his head or something. <laughs> Here, I'll yeah, staple that's... it in place no to the prosthetic. Yeah, I was definitely distracted by his his. Yeah, which thing. is why when he was in the fake cadet uniform later, it was much better because that had a proper so much thing. Oh, I don't like the cadet uniform though. It re- it looks it, it's gone more pajama y again. Mm, yeah, That's true. No, you just think that because N- Rom Nog's like total height ever was five feet. Mm. It's because he looks like a little kid, especially a really little kid, especially next to Jake. Who yeah, who's... apparently is like six four in real life and was probably well on his way by yeah. then. Like I yeah, had never definitely... been four. He must have. He must have shot yeah, up. We're only three seasons shit. in, I and don't Jake Sisko like, already huge. Like compared, like if you look at Jake Sisko in Emissary and Jake Sisko in this episode, 
Like they, they're, yeah, they're like the, the, his growth spurt occurred. Yeah, it yeah. happened at some point between like either I think probably between seasons two and three or something yeah. like. Because like like yeah, I, I think remember by, thinking like when he was dating Marta, I'm like, man, there's no way. I mean, he's just a little kid, and now now I'm like, yeah, no, I could totally see him dating Marta. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, logical. Bring her back. <laughs> I'm I'm fascinated by uh, Starfleet Academy's habit of making the opening test a specially designed chamber of horrors yeah. designed uniquely for <laughs> right. you. You know, they got the stress test, they got the psych test, they got the Kobayashi Maru. I like it. I wonder is that how they have fun over there? It's Starfleet like, is just an abusive yeah. parent. Yeah. It's, well, it's like something fun. Zuckerberg would see? come up with and be under criticized for. Well, and we saw this like torture chamber with. Uh, Joss Whedon there. Wesley, right? Didn't he get a... Joss Whedon? What am I talking about? Uh, Will Whedon? Oh, TNG. yeah, we're at the psych test. Yeah, the... Uh, I'm talking about yeah. TNG, but I'm talking about yes. when Wesley yeah. had his... Oh, yeah, we had to rescue... that He had thing. to choose yeah. one guy to rescue, did, and he did, chose the wrong one. Did you mean Will Whedon? What did I say? We said, we said Joss, Joss Whedon. Whedon. is the guy that did... Fu- no, that's not who I mean. He sucks. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Wrong guy. Sorry, Will, Will Whedon. Whedon. Sorry. Listen. Yeah, his, his, like, specially designed for his history... Yeah. yeah, we never did see what the fuck uh, fucking Benzites. Yeah, Mendon's oh, no, test sorry. was Mordok. Mordok. Mordok was the was the first one. Right. Either way, that must take a lot of effort though. Take custom tailoring it to every single cadet. Yeah, it's like Having a personal read... Hunger Games. Maybe yeah. they have a room of requirement that just becomes whatever it needs to become. Yeah, I mean, how many? How many? People do they have to? How many people like filter through this process? Well, that's the thing. Both in Wesley's case and in Nog's case, they were these were these weren't like the actual you know the standard entry test because in in Wesley's case it was specifically for some sort of like early admission program that he'd qualified for. Yeah, because he was, he was so, so young. young. And then in this case, this was like for some pre, and like it was also like a pre admission thing. So I don't like maybe if you just go through the normal process, you know, ROTC or whatever, you uh, you just get right. You know, you don't have to do this shit. So who knows? Yeah. And that's why you see a lot of really incompetent people. Or in ma- you know, maybe it's also just like, you know, OK, we're going to let people in that are that haven't quite met the normal requirements, either, you know, graduating high school or, you know, knowing how to read. Um. <clears throat> So we'll create a special test for them that, like, is still fair. Like, it still fairly tests their psychological abilities, but it's not necessarily a traditional entrance exam. Do you All think I a know lot is of the AP Starfleet. Yeah. 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 Do you think a lot of the alien cultures have to go through this just because there isn't like an equivalence uh, from from their worlds? That or racism. Mm. And I just realized, whoever it is that comes up with these personalized tests, definitely a Vulcan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know they, what I love? they've got a Vulcan in a room somewhere who reads the person's file and comes up with this little thing and yep sorry you were gonna say Carl? one of the one of the best contributions that deep space nine makes to star trek i think is the smug vulcans you know because you know they haven't really been challenged in next gen or the original but deep space is willing to be like they can't be that unemotional they can't it's just yeah, no well, then, dickheads. Jesus, then 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 you get to Enterprise and they ran yeah. with it. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're right, because the dark guy even, there's just such a little oh, note a piece of, of shit. like I do not make the rules. I merely follow them unemotionally. 
Yeah. There is an, there's another one wherein there will be a contest with Vulcans, and it is similar, mm-hmm. only even more of a dickhead. Yep, I know the one. It's just Cisco's like arch rival from the Academy days. Yeah. I'm going to take that episode off. <laughs> we can. Look, we did TAS. We can survive that episode. Oh, God. One of my favorite lines was part of the Nog B plot, and I don't remember who he says it to, but O'Brien says... As soon as that kid graduates from the academy, you're going to have to call him sir. Yes. Yep. And I was like, D- Deep Space Nine hates O'Brien so much. Oh, like, they do. It's great. We beat the shit out of him, and now he's going to have to call Nog sir. Like, if anyone could have offered him, if he's like, like, look, Nog, if the whole academy thing doesn't work out, just fucking enlist. I did. It's a thing. And Nog would be like... Ha, ha ha I don't want to be like you, O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> True. Like, even Nog would be like, you suck, O'Brien. And he doesn't want to be like his father either. I mean, that no. that would be, he's got to, he's got to be an officer. There's just no other way. Yeah. Yeah. Nog kind of just wants to be his own guy. He's like, there's no role model for him, really. If anyone's a role model for him, it's Cisco. Yeah. True. Yeah. I, and I love how devoted Rom is to him. Yeah. It's like the one time we really get to see him show some backbone. I guess, actually, family is where he shows backbone, because I yeah, feel like he stood up for Moogie, Moogie yeah. quite a bit as well. But, like... Yeah. It's like Star Trek is trying to make up for years of bad families by having uh, Cisco and Rom in the same show. Mm, they're so good. Because, I, I just... like, up until now, every parent has been terrible. Mm-hmm. Did you end up Who watching the parents? Yeah, but but, but just in a Captain couple Kirk? of episodes, we're, we're going to get the king of bad parenting back in Deep Space Nine. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Is he going to be in the, st- the show soon? Yeah. I can't but wait. But no, so we had, we had he Kirk. doesn't bring the kid, though, does he? No. Yeah, did no. you end up, Chris, did you end up watching, there's a, I know there's a Steve Shives video rating all the different parents. In, oh, not Star yet. Trek. I need to. Oh, it's what you'd expect. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, there was Kirk, who, I mean, yes, all right. Who you is know, a jerk. Carol asked him to keep his distance, but still. Yeah, uh, he was probably what? like, no problem. Mm-hmm. Riker's old man. Yeah, he didn't need much convincing. Riker's old man, where there was clearly a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wolf. Just Wharf. Sarek. Sarek, yeah, he's pretty pretty rough. Terrible. Pretty bad yeah. to all uh, his various Picard's kids. Picard's dad yeah. who yells at him from beyond the grave. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been a bad run. Like, you don't. Know, it's not a great history, so it's nice that not only do we have one, we got two. We got two very good family people, finally, in Star Trek. And I think Jake Sisko is a major part of that, too. Yeah. Like, the difference between him and Wesley is the way in the way they're written is so so illustrative. Mm-hmm. He, he is such a 14-year-old boy. Like, it's not... The, when he... Later on in the series, like, the best stuff he does are so, like, idealistic, misguided 14-year-old boy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah, Beverly, they didn't show her parenting much, but I guess she wasn't, she wasn't a bad parent. She just had, like, a super genius kid who was already kind yeah, of aloof. The, the, and, like, yeah. Wesley was his own downfall. Yeah, like, I, I guess I wouldn't say <laughs> there's any evidence that Bev was a bad yeah. parent. She yeah. was probably a good one, but the show didn't know how to write women, so they never yeah. showed that. And, and it, they never, Next Gen never cared about family in the way no. Deep Space does. And in the way no. Cisco, like, that's what I love they, about Cisco. They is clearly he didn't, wants. because they had shitloads of families all over their flying death ship. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. You know a ship that's powered by a matter-antimatter explosion? Let's fill it with children. <laughs> and then give that ship to a captain we know hates kids. Somewhere Picard just got half of an erection hearing that sentence. <laughs> On that note... Um, uh, we, should, we should be wrapping yeah. this up soon. Oh, yeah, we're an hour and a half in. 
always. Unusual. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I actually, I, I don't know. I like facets overall. I thought the Crisoto stuff was interesting. There was some interesting parallel, I think, between Jedzia having to force Curzon to sort of reckon with her and Rom standing up to Quark. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a lot of good in this episode. I think the execution of it was just baffling. Oh. Yeah, it was a little lacking, lazy. But I guess for me, it's I was just so charmed by everything Rene Arbogenois did. Yeah. Yeah, last night, because I, mean, I know we have our wrap-up episode coming up soon, and I was trying to rate this one, and I'm like, I'm putting it in the bad pile. And this morning I wake up, I'm like, doesn't it belong in the bad pile? Maybe it belongs in the meh mm. pile. Well, that's the thing. Like, it, it has such promising stuff, but it's like, it's so clearly episode 25 of the 26th episode season. Like, we're tired. We don't want to, we don't really don't want to be here. We just All really right, want to do it. Sybil. Come yeah. on. Come on, Sybil. Yeah. How do we make it work? <laughs> well, Although, that's... Uh, if I could, if I could add my personal favorite line from the episode, yeah, uh, please, Crisoto going, "Come in, come in! I was just oozing around the room." <laughs> yes. <laughs> and if anyone is gonna ooze, it's Curzon. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> hey, so uh, something I didn't bring up that I uh, th- I thought of earlier: how much banging happens? Do you think typically during the? Jantara. The Jantara. Like, ooh, lots. Like, you think, like, it's sort of unspoken. It's like, listen, we might bang. So, wait, so, so you probably, it seems to me, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure when you're back from your Jantara, you have memories of both sides. Probably. So, if you bang yourself, yeah, that's the thing. I think think they all banged. Like, we only see a couple (laughs) minutes of each host. I guarantee the true thing behind that is like all right the reason why that that freaking creepy skinny neck guy leaves the room is because it's like all right you know there's lube in the dresser and just you know well that's what the big pot of mud is for that's that that's really the only reason quark actually agreed to do it it all makes sense uh well Again, on the on the notes of erection, let's let's wrap this one up. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, thank you for joining us here for episode one seventy nine of A Star to Steer Her By. Woo! Next Huzzah. week we're gonna talk about. Oh, next week we're gonna talk about the adversary, and we're gonna have our season three wrap. Yeah. Thank you, Carl, for joining us again. And yes, thank please you. Please come thank again soon. Me. It's Anytime. always delightful to have I your love insight. Deep space. I hope you can dig yourself out from the latest blizzard soon. I'll I'll try. (laughs) If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, you can find us, A Star to Steer Her By, where all fine podcasts are sold. We're on SoundCloud, we're on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, yeah. Um, You can also visit us on Facebook by searching for A Star to Steer Her By, or you can go to... (laughs) What just happened? Jake's making a face! God, I glance away for a second and Jake breaks the podcast. Never look at Jake. I didn't mean to. He's right there. <laughs> you can find us as SSHB Podcast on Twitter and Tumblr. You can visit SSHBpodcast.com to visit our Dot-com. website. Yeah, do those things. Uh, as always, I have been Caitlin. I have been Jake. This has been Chris. This has been Ames. This has been Carl. Thanks again for joining us. God damn it, Rossi! Damn it! What the hell?
Time has broken down. Didn't you put a password on this Zoom account? We can't have James popping in, sharing <laughs> porno, or trying to wrap up. God damn, we got this Zoom This is what bombed. happens, because James logged in early. R- Rossi, just come back next week, okay? <laughs> Sorry, okay. <laughs> All right, we'll see you then. All right. I don't this have is a officially rule. our first six-person podcast now. Woo. No, we, we had one before. Ooh. We had Kelly and Justice both on. Oh, no. Go. Hell's bells, you're right. Wait, but also if James isn't yeah, recording, if he's not recording, we're not gonna be able to spice it in. So, oh, that's true. Oh man, oh, shit. everyone never. Oh, is this gonna be a random conversation up. at the end of the episode without Rossi? <laughs> nice. <laughs> if they've all had strokes and they're all talking to someone who's not there. Bye. 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 Rule of acquisition: Go Jantara. fuck yourself. I don't know. I get nothing. <laughs> what? Cool. I'm stuck. Who's around the room? Thank you.